0: Hello and welcome to the Where Do We Begin podcast. I'm Harry Perryman, number 36 from the Giants. And, um, yeah, that's about it. (laughs)
1: Cheers for that, Harry. Uh, My name's Harper. I'm your co-host today. Lockie is my other co-host. How are you, Lockie? Yeah, I'm awesome,
2: mate. I'm awesome, thanks.
1: (laughs) I am pumped for this chat with a great man. Like he said, he introduced himself. He's Harry Perryman. He's played 52 games of AFL footy and he was taken at pick 14 in 2016 by GWS Giants. He's a great guy to talk to, eh, Lockie?
2: Yeah, he was, mate. With Harry, it's the three Fs. It's footy, farming and fishing. He loves it, mate. And he's just such an interesting guy to talk to. It's a really fun episode and... we just had an awesome chat.
1: Yeah, like you said, bit of fun, great guy to talk to. Let's get straight into
2: it. That's the fourth F. Yeah, let's dive in. Let's go.
1: All right, now we've got one of the real young guns in the AFL. We haven't had an AFL player for a while, actually. Ghost by the name of Harry Perryman, plays for the GWS Giants.
0: Welcome, Harry. Yeah no, thanks boys. Been been pretty keen to get on this show, so thanks thanks for having me.
2: Oh cheers cheers Harry. I um I tried to chuck a little bit of feelers out to see if there was any little stories I could find, and mate the only feedback I could got was you're the nicest bloke ever. So I'm super pumped to have you on. Now it's the off season. I just want to know where you are now and what you got up to
0: today. Yeah, so I'm actually um as soon as the season's done, I usually get straight out of Sydney. I'm I'm probably the first first bloke to get out of Sydney once the season's done. So I usually just come um come straight back to the farm. And then, um, yeah, it's been been pretty busy back here at the moment, kind of doing all our harvest and uh, and whatnot. So I usually come home and I'm, I'm the one that does all the work back here when I come home. Yeah, mate, I've
2: got siblings too,
0: mate. Yeah. I'm always stuck doing the work, all the heavy lifting. Mate, I always get into me because I've got three other brothers, I always get into them saying the only work gets done when I'm home. So, um, no, nah, I've just been, been getting into them boys. And, yeah, it's been good to get back and... I'm just actually at the moment just sitting in the car trying to get a bit of good reception. So because the <laughs> the reception in the house is no good at all. So um, I've had to make a little drive drive down the paddock and get some good good service. Mate, speaking of little
2: brothers, I reckon Harper found a little bit little something on your Wikipedia page. Harper, do oh, you want to? Oh
1: yeah, mate. So I'm not sure if you've been doing a bit of editing on the old Wikipedia page of yourself, but I'll just read out a little quote from the Wikipedia page. Yeah. So it says. Harry has three brothers, Joe, Ed, and Nick. Whilst Nick and Ed are also elite footballers, Joseph struggles to get a kick. Due to this, he has decided to pursue other interests such as hip hop and singing.
0: Is it true? (laughs) That is. is, I wish it was true, but it's so false.
2: (laughs) Was it you that made that? Did you edit that?
0: I'm gonna show the boys that. <laughs> you reckon it was one of them that wrote it up? Oh, it's the biggest stitch. up. I don't know who stitched him up, but I'll, I'd love to find out who it is because that is that's hilarious. Hey,
1: do a bit of digging. Do a bit of digging. It's worth knowing. But tell us a bit about your brothers, mate. What's it like growing up in out in Cullen Gully with the three brothers?
0: Yeah, no, nah, we had we had a pretty. I've got three brothers. So Nick's older than me, and then um, Ed's underneath me, and then Joe's underneath Ed. So they're all we're all two years apart. So. We obviously grew up grew up here on the farm, and we obviously played footy footy in the winter. And everyone back here, we always played cricket in the summer. So we did a fair bit of water skiing and hung out in the farm and that. So we're all pretty close close to close brothers. So um, we keep in touch a fair bit. But um no, it's always good to good to get back here and talk talk a bit of dribble with the boys and hang shit on each other.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um... Like, obviously, Colin Gully, boys, So, growing up in Colin Gully, pretty much all your life, go back there as much as you can, like you were saying. But tell us a bit about Colin Gully, the place. Like, what's so special about Colin Gully? What's so special about in your heart?
0: Yeah, I've, well, I've, I've played all my uh, footy there, going through the juniors as a, as a young kid. And, um, and then made my way into the seniors when I was, when I was about 15, I reckon. And um, I was lucky enough to win back-to-back senior premierships back here when I was 15 and 16. So, they were... Um, they, they, they were good times and it was with, with my good mate, Matt Kennedy, who's at the um, who's at Colton now. So, um, yeah, I think we've just um, – I don't know. The, it's, it's only a small town, Gully as well, so kind of everyone knows each other and everyone's very welcoming and um, the footy club's just the heartbeat of the town and there's not much there. There's a footy club, little store, and then obviously the Gully pub, the gully pub as they call it. So we'd usually just have training at the gully and usually walk over so that's the lights have turned off. <laughs> um, yeah, we'd, we'd usually just train on Tuesday, Thursday, head to the pub for a feed, and maybe a couple of drinks, and then um, obviously after them grand final victories, um, we had some pretty, pretty big nights at the Gully Pub. Mate, tap
2: beer at Gully Pub, mate. Se- seems like the place to uh, place to be. Now, I hear that down at Colin Gully, one of your coaches, Shane Lennon, is a bit of a legend. Now, I, I popped onto YouTube... Yep. And I saw a clip from b- during your 2014 yep. uh, grand final. Yep. And now, if anybody wants to uh, pop on and have a look, it's got like, 60K views. I'm sure a lot of people have already seen it because it is one of the great all time speeches. Yeah, so. We'll
1: actually play the clip for that now. It uh, lasts about four minutes. So uh, skip ahead four minutes if you're not interested. But here's the clip. Yeah, this,
3: this is it. This is what This, uh, this is Rotterdam's main from the awards since first Actually, it's, it's four, this has been four years in the making. Four years. Four years in the making. Okay? Today's our day. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. You're going to have to pay the price. You're going to have to do things that you've you've never done before. There's no tomorrow. Right? Give it everything you've got. When you think you cactus, you go again if you've got 20% left, dream, believe, achieve, confidence and courage to take the game on, run, 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 when it's your turn to go, you go, bloke closest to the foot goes, we're predictable to one another, release fire kicks, alright, release fire kicks, stick to our structures, 22 contributors, 22 contributors, of our challenge, Life's about opportunity. Life's about grabbing that opportunity. Life's about making the most of that challenge. Memories. You create memories as you go along. We've got an opportunity to create a memory here today. Right? A memory that you take with you when you're fucking six foot under the ground. You take those things with you. Right? Old Clark is here today in spirit with us. Right, it's our day. We're going to have to pay the price like we've never paid it before. We've done the work. Right, we've done the work. We're ready to go. We're cherry right. It's our day. When the crunch moments arrive, that's when we stand up and that's when we're ready to best and there's going to be plenty of them here today. The crunch moments is when we're at our best. But at your best when your best is needed. Together, everyone achieves more. There's no I in team. What can I do to make this team better? What can I do to make this team better? What can I do to help us achieve something special? The fairy tale. The fairy tale, creating history in it together. We've got the good job, boys. We go out and we get to do it together as a group, a tight-knit group. Will, boys, will. The will's got to be better than the skill. The will's got to be better than the skill. When it's your turn to go, you go like there's no tomorrow. Win the ball, the most important thing. Win the ball, win the contest. Make a decision. First options are always your best. Execute. <laughs> Take the game on. Have courage have confidence your own ability and your teammates are blind. On, Self-belief. On, Trust. If it is to be, it's up to me. Come on. Boy. If it is to be, it's up to me. Lessons are learned. Trophies are earned.
2: So my first, it's a two-part question I've got for you, Harry. The first is if that speech was the catalyst for you going on to win that Premiership. And the second is if coach sprays such as that still have a place in the modern game due to the change in tactics of coaches.
0: Um, I don't know. Well, um, he used to, he used to fire us up before some big games, especially the grand final. He'd always get us going. But um, well, that game will we actually get flogged. Till half-time. I think his half-time speech was even better, which got us going, and we ended up winning by about 10 points. But um, I don't know. These days, you don't really see many t- sprays anymore, but it's kind of, kind of gone out of the game. But um, which I'm, not, I'm not complaining about because I'd probably <laughs> cop a few if, the, if I was back in the old days. But um, yeah, do yourself a favour and watch watch a bit of Shane Lennon on YouTube. He's, he's absolute gold, and he's still coaching back here at the moment. He's not coaching with Colin Gully. He's coaching with another... Another team in a different league, but he still he still does his same um, speeches that are that gets him going, which is which is good fun. Yeah, and is it true he also he threw a
2: bag of cherry ripes out onto the floor and said, "You boys are cherry ripe" come finals yeah, time. Yeah,
0: that's a hundred percent true. Yeah, that was that was a that was a, <laughs> that was a pisser.
2: Oh mate, seems like one of the um, all-time coaches, and the fact that you're playing in senior premierships when you're 15. mate. I'm 22 and I still can't get a kick on Saturday.
0: So thanks for making the rest of us look bad. <laughs> <laughs> nah, no, nah, it was good. We had we had a pretty good good group that them couple of years, and obviously he was our coach. So um, yeah, it was definitely a good club to, yeah, They had a great culture.
1: Yeah, I've got to say, mate, I didn't even last in footy till I was 15. I started. I played a season in under-10s, a couple seasons under-12s. I've got a grand total of one behind. Never kicked a goal for the mighty West Coburg. So, mate, you're outdoing me. Bloody two premierships by 16 years old. It's just pretty insane, mate. So, uh, you'll be right. You. right. You're only young.
0: You're only 17. You've got, you got plenty of years ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, I, mate. I've got to say, I've not played like a competitive game of footy for – probably since the under-12s days, what, like five years. So take a bit of work to get up to your level, Mate,
2: you're just a project player, Harper. This is what I've been saying to you, mate. You've yeah. spent five years yeah. just working Nathan on Cox your style. game and yeah. then you're just going to come out as a storm next hey, year. Yeah, you need
0: to get yourself in the gym, I reckon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, need good a, good on, you need
1: a good pre-season. <laughs> yeah, mate, after the... Bloody year 12 exams. I'll be hitting the gym hard. I'll be picked up by all the recruiters in the fucking nation. I don't even need to know how to kick. I'll just be that big, you know? Mate, what, what's your
2: favourite gym exercise, Harry? Are you being on the chest pre- bench oh, press, bench press? Oh, mate,
0: I, I try and stay out of the gym as much as I can. I bloody hate it. <laughs> oh, I went, there, I went there tonight and I was just thinking, geez, what am I doing here? I just, I just, I love, I don't mind training with the footies and that. Just when I get in the gym and weights, I just think, fuck. Get me out of here. Down at the Coen Gully
2: Gym, or do you have a home set up?
0: Yeah, my gym's at the pub. <laughs> gym's at the pub?
1: Whoa. Absolutely. Like, uh, nothing more country than that. A gym at the pub.
0: Wow, uh, I wish it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, lovely, lovely. Um, But, mate, we're talking about country footy there, but I just want to get back onto that for a bit. Like, what's the, obviously, uh, playing country footy at 15, 16, what's the level like and the, Skill level of their players. Obviously, you're playing against men, but what's the skill level like uh, in terms of the competition?
2: And mate, and did they target you? Because I know always seeing like one of the, when you're one of the like under 18s or 19s got a call up to the seniors, mate. They sort of got targeted a little bit by a couple of the older boys when I've played.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, oh, it's it's a pretty it's pretty strong comp back here actually. Um, get a lot of older, stronger bodies. So as a young young kid, you kind of a few of us did get targeted, but um. Yeah, it's a pretty strong con, especially final. The bottom teams aren't as good. Um, the top the top teams, you have some very good games. and um, um, Yeah, we well, are lucky enough to, um, when we played, we played up against some good sides, so it made it even better. A lot of our finals were close wins. So, But, um, yeah, you definitely do. Um, I reckon you're footy. You probably um, grow, grow a lot quicker as a footy player when you're that age, playing against men. Instead of playing against kids your age, you're kind of playing against older men and I think it um, develops your footy a lot quicker than just kind of going through the, the junior ages Yeah and it would have been special obviously getting to play with your
2: older brother, I'm sure he looked after you while, when you were making your debut Have you got to play with any of your other brothers?
0: No, I only got to play with Nick um, Yeah Nick was pretty he was pretty hard at it so um, I only got to play with him but um, they won a grand final a couple of years ago and I missed it um, So, and Nick played with Ed so we've all kind of um, played with each other but in the 2014 and 2015 Grand Finals, the Kennally, there's four Kennedy boys. So there's – Matt's got four other – they all played as well. So it, it was pretty um, – it was pretty cool playing with them boys.
2: Mate, yeah, that's um, that's a phenomenal effort.
0: But
1: New South Wales, mate, like obviously being in New South Wales, New South Wales known to everyone else's big rugby league state. But is rugby league even a thing uh, out in Gully?
0: Nah, it's actually – the only – because Collingale is near Wagga. I think um, – AFL definitely is the, the number one sport down here. Um it's kinda cause you're kinda getting pretty close to Aubrey. There's a strong um there's a strong comp in Aubrey, local comp and um, there's a bit of rugby league in Wagga and Rugby Union, but there's it's kinda there's kinda mainly AFL nowadays. But um yeah, so it's it's becoming a pretty pretty strong comp each year.
1: Yeah, just on that quickly, we put a little uh, message asking for some questions for you, Harry, out on the socials, uh, and someone asked Mark Costello asked on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at Where Do We Begin. So Mark Costello asked, "What team did you support as a kid?"
0: Um, oh, you wouldn't all us. Dad had us mad as mad Collingwood supporters. Actually, all us four brothers and Dad, we were just mad Collingwood. So um, yeah, it's pretty funny actually. Yeah, I think I reckon a few of me boys still go for them. They love them. <laughs> <laughs> they don't
2: go for GWS. Oh, they go for Collingwood. I
0: reckon. Uh, I reckon they still go for the poor. Some of them. <laughs>
2: so, mate, just um, just on GWS. So, you were part of the academy. Do you want to talk about, I guess, what that was like and how they helped your footy and, I guess, leading up to the draft?
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I did a fair bit with the academy. Um, I oh, mainly started. No, in, in, oh, I can't, can't remember. Fifteens, sixteens, and then. Man, I took, it, I took it a bit more serious. I didn't really take it that serious <laughs> for a while. Just in me, um, I just played and just played cricket and footy and that. And then um, in my 18th year, I said, oh, well, I'm, not, I'm pretty dumb at school. So I thought um, I'm, I'm either going to be on the farm for the rest of my life or well, I might as well have a crack at footy. So I had a bit of a crack with the, um, in the academy in the under-18 year and I had a pretty good year and then. Yeah, that got me to the draft, and then I kind of had a fairing thing. I was going to go to the Giants because I'd done a fair bit with them in the academy and that, and knew a fair few of the boys because um, the River Riveraines are pretty strong. Um, they pick up a lot of players in the academy out of there. So you yeah, know, it was good. It was good to get up there, but it was, it was a bit of a shock moving to Sydney, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just going to ask on that. Like, must be pretty weird being amongst. I guess mostly like these city slicker Sydney uh, guys and you're just this guy from the country. Did you feel out of place at all at the academy?
0: Um, no, nah, I actually didn't. No, nah. like I think my first couple of months just trying to get oh, – probably my first year, to be honest, up in Sydney, for first year and a half it was a bit hard to get used to. Just obviously come from the farm and moving into Sydney, moving into a little apartment, was that was probably the hardest bit I thought. and I loved playing footy and training. I just didn't really like the lifestyle but – I think after, as you grow older and um, develop more, um, you kind of start to like the place a bit better.
2: Yeah, so I guess just touching on that, yeah, did, how was it going from you know thousands of hectares of land down in the country, to just a little apartment in Sydney? Like, how did you find that transition? And are you used to it now? Obviously, you still love getting back home, so you'd still rather, I guess, be in Colingale than in Sydney. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was the first. Oh, I reckon it probably took me probably a good eighteen months like, just to get used to it all. Um, it was pretty hard at first first few months like just obviously moving into a little apartment in sydney and getting used to the traffic and i just because i only just been on the farm ever so it's kind of just getting used to it all but um yeah obviously now is a bit more different um we've got a bit of a house and a bit of a backyard and got a little tinny out there we go fishing in and um yeah a few little things like that so you kind of yeah, just adjust, adjust to it a bit.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna, I was just going to ask. I guess in regards to having a tinny, why have you always been fishing your whole life? Because obviously, Kowloon is not that close to the water necessarily. Necessarily, or is it more something you got into when you moved up to Sydney?
0: Um, it's probably yeah. We used to do a lot of fishing back here in the in the river. It's a freshwater river. What do you catch? Oh, we catch mainly Murray cod. Just just in the river back here. But since since moving to Sydney, I've probably done a little bit more. I reckon just um. It's pretty good just to just get out in the boat and just get the tinny out and catch a few fatheads and that in around the Sydney Harbour and take a few of the boys out and just talk a bit of shit and that. Listen to the radio. So it's pretty it's pretty good though. <laughs> That's just kinda of good thing get away from training and then get away from the footy and that for a bit. So yeah. I used to do a lot of fishing with Jazza, but obviously can't do any more fishing with Jazza. Now he's buddy on any on to get a bigger boat. I've lost his boat.
2: <laughs> oh no, mate! Who, who, will, sure. uh, who will replace? Who will replace Jeremy now? Now that he's Jez is leaving, who, who else? Who are the next giants that will join
0: you on the boat and be a good first mate? Oh well, I know um Tommy Hutchinson. He's a young. He got drafted last year. He loves his fishing and um, being a little Brent Daniels. He he doesn't mind as well. So I think them boys they'll come out with me.
2: Mate, who will be the last person out on the boat? Who will just get seasick in the first five minutes and just want to go back in? Oh, there'd be a few of them.
0: Um, <laughs> I want to think. Oh, I can't imagine. Oh, oh, well, Zach Williams, he, I c- couldn't imagine him, but he's obviously not at the club anymore. We've lost him as well.
1: <laughs> um, I reckon Dylan Shield doesn't look like much of a fisherman. You used to play with him. Dylan Shield?
0: Yeah, he, he wouldn't have come on the boat. No, I do <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd probably be Zachy, but. I
2: can't imagine him coming out the boat. Oh, jeez, mate! All, all the boys are body leaving—that makes it hard. But getting a bit sidetracked, but I want to keep on the fishing here, mate. Sure, you have a like one particular day like that was just amazing fish because I still remember mine. It was like just finished year twelve and we popped up to Victor Harbor in South Australia, mate, and yes. then out on the boat for like fifteen hours or something. But we bagged out on tuna. It was bloody unreal, like that, that mate, is unreal. It was such a good day. It was such a good day. Yeah, Call it's, 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 tuna, a, good, so that it's was, a
0: good feeling.
2: Yeah, mate. What about yourself? Sure, you've had a few special days out on the boat.
0: Yeah, I've had a. i have had I remember. Um, it was back here actually. I caught. I remember catching a few real big Murray cod. About probably I think were about seventy. Well, I think one was about seventy centimetre, just off a bit of chicken. Caught off a bit of chicken. So, um, I remember. I remember a that. A bit day, of woolworths ki- chicken. Yeah, I think it was like oh black and gold red or something from Coles <laughs> or. It's something dodgy, but they, they seem to love it for some reason. But I remember catching that, and then I've had a couple of good days with Jezza up up in Sydney. You go out past the um, past the Sydney Harbour Bridge, and you catch a few. Oh, what were they? Kingfish, I think they're pretty good.
1: Was Jezza keeping you in the loop, kind of this season, maybe even before, about what was going on with him and the club?
0: No, I had I'd no idea. Actually, I'd, whenever I I'd talk, and I just talk fishing. Really, I don't really talk anything else. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What about any of the other boys? Is it always just like a sudden thing like, oh, well, there you go, I'm off, like on last day, and just like they're packing their bags mm. and all of a sudden they're gone, or do they ever keep you updated? Um, do they
2: buy you a new fishing rod?
0: Oh, I wish, I wish he left his boat here. <laughs> get it. But um, no, nah, it's kind of a bit weird. You kind of finish the season up and then um, you don't really talk so much about it, but then you kind of see everyone leaving. and It's like, oh, jeez, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. Anyone staying? <laughs>
1: Yeah, we hear like you signed a new contract for a couple more years just earlier this year. But uh, there was a rumor that Port was in for you. Can you say if that was true or not?
0: Um, I'm not too sure. I My manager kind of, he he was under he was doing all that kind of stuff. But um, I was always pretty keen to start the Giants. So um, I don't know. You'd have to ask him. I think the Port Port might have been pretty keen from what I heard. I don't really know that. <laughs> Mate, you can tell
2: is the aspiring journalist, mate. He's just looking for the biggest scoop here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I don't even know much myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, mate, I've got to say, I'm, I'm a big bombers man myself. I'd love you at the Dons. Like, I reckon you're the perfect kind of clean school uh, guy we need at the moment. to would be perfect. Yeah, mate, be
2: careful. Be careful, Harry. You'll just come on to the next thing. Harry Perriman says he wants to come to the Dons knowing
0: Harper, mate. you got to be careful. Oh, they are bomb- they've lost a couple of the old bombers. <laughs> oh, mate, that's. Just- Let's move on from yeah. that. We don't really yeah. want to talk about we'll, that. Uh, we'll get uh, back on. Finish. We'll get back
2: on the the uh, track. Yeah. We'll just just knocked my mic. But um, so obviously going into the draft, I think you touched on it before. You sort of like you thought, GW was obviously taking you know academy selection. They could obviously match it, but then Adelaide put a bit on you. Were you a little bit worried, or were you pretty always pretty confident you'd end up at the mighty uh, Orange tsunami? Yeah, I was always
0: pretty confident, um I can't remember the night. Okay, it feels like ages ago actually, but I remember um, big night at the Collingowie pub. Oh, actually, I had to go to it actually in Sydney. <laughs> so um, yeah, I was spilled but um, would have been at, would have started at the pub and just started drinking, <laughs> but um, I Did I the parents go. go down to Sydney with you? Oh, up up to Sydney, sorry. Yeah, I had mum and dad go up with me, yeah. so that they were there. It's pretty um, it's pretty nervous night actually because you kind of didn't know where you were going, but I had a fair idea I was going to go to to the giant. So um. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. lucky they picked me up. Mate, and just uh touch on that first
2: year of yours because obviously it would have been a bit of a like shock in terms of the professionalism. I feel like everybody says the first year is so bloody hard, especially and then like, how it's just cracking into that giant side, which was so strong and coming off that 2016 pre and final, which was arguably one of the most talented teams ever.
0: Yeah, it yeah, definitely was. I remember it definitely was a shock. I, the, the training was the biggest shock and just how yeah just just all of it like i've never really i know i didn't expect it at all i didn't see it coming so it is definitely the first year is a shock once you get once you get that under your belt you're pretty right and then you, you kind of get used to how hard it's hard the sessions are and how hard pre-season is you just got to get yourself through pre-season whatever you do just get through pre-season and you then that'll set you up for the year but um yeah it was a, it was a strong side that 2016 one and um it was pretty hard to crack into that side the first couple of years but um I think that when you uh, when you get dropped in them first couple of years, you kind of – I think it makes you a better player. So you just got to stick at it and you just don't want that feeling again. So it's kind of – I reckon it's it only makes you better.
2: Yeah, I feel like what a lot of people don't appreciate necessarily with like AFL football and what's different to when you're just going down to have a kick with your local team is you have to be on just every single session. Yeah. Like you can't just sort of roll from work, just sort of go out, <laughs> have a kick, you know, just roll roll the arm over. Yep. It's pretty intense the whole time, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's. I think that's what – it probably took me a long time to adjust. So I'd probably, I'm just kind of used to just casually just going through training as I did back here. But then um, up there, I think it took me a while to get the. You got to just, you got to go hard every session, and you can't just go through the motions say so If you're not feeling good, you can't just kind of stroll through. You got to, you got to be on. So that that's probably that's probably my biggest biggest thing I needed to improve on in my early days.
1: When you were at the academy, did you get to? Like, was there much of a connection with the seniors? Did you get to meet any of the Giants players or the coaches or anything like that?
0: Yeah, we did have a bit of connection. We, we, a few of us used to go to the club for a week or so and spend a week up there. But um, and then a few of the boys, we had a couple of blokes that used to text us out of. I remember I had um, Heath Shaw. Yeah, he used to text me a bit, even though he would have had no idea who I was. But um, <laughs> I remember thinking that's oh, pretty cool having Heath Shaw texting me. So he used to, he used to text me of then. How, on how I was going throughout the year, which was pretty good. So, yeah, we definitely had a bit of a connection there, which was which was pretty good being a young kid. Now, we'll jump ahead to your first game against Richmond.
2: I feel like it was a pretty bit of a special night. You had hun- over 100 family and friends there, and you
0: might have had a little bit of an impact
2: on the outcome of the game.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a good night, that one, actually. I remember um, the boys back here, the footy club back here, had Perfect. a boy, so they – um. A uh, heap of them were up in Sydney, and they were all carrying on, um, which is good fun. But uh, I remember I didn't, I hardly got a kick all night. But I, I was lucky enough to get a little touch at the end of the end of the game there, which stopped toys getting the go And we went up the other and kicked one. But um, yeah, I remember that. That was a pretty big night. That one. All the boys from the country were up in the city. So I took them all out after the game, and yeah, we all were, we were carrying on.
1: Yeah, mate. Like I've got to say. Lots of people, like the journos and stuff, even a couple friends of yours and friends of the show, they've been saying, oh, cleanest skills in the league is all about the clean skills and just to... Help your team win the game by just like a dirty old smother. I, lo- I love that.
0: Yeah, I, th- I thought, well, I can't get a kick. I may as well do a tackle or a smother or something, just make myself a bit useful. Otherwise, I won't be playing next week.
1: Yeah, I, s- I saw on there, I uh, uh, had a look at the stats of that game. You had two one 1%ers all game, yeah. and that was one of them. buddy good one to
0: have, eh? <laughs> yeah, you'll take it. That's probably about the only ones in my career. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so i guess just your first couple of years in the team sort of like in and out in the side i guess how did you deal with that because obviously gwso we discussed previously such a strong team and it was obviously tough the first couple of years i guess in 2017 2018 just to get consistent games
0: yeah it was i think me fir- first two years you kind of you find out a lot about yourself Reckon getting dropped one week and then playing and getting dropped and getting part pl- and playing again but um you just got to stick out. I remember getting dropped before a um, semi final against Collingwood, and I was I was just shattered, and I just kind of thought I didn't want to feel that feel that again. So, kind of knuckled down and had a few injuries in my second year. It hurt my back and did a couple of hammies, but yeah, obviously it was a tough time to crack into. But I think it only makes you better when you got a, such a good side like that. You can you're training against good blokes and it's only going to make you a better player down the track. Yeah, mate, and. Like I, I can't
1: imagine anything more gut wrenching than like playing in the first final of uh, like for the team and then getting dropped for the next week. It must have just been so shattering for you, Matt.
0: Yeah, it, it was. I was pretty shattered. To be honest, I didn't really see it coming as well. So that that was the worst thing. But um, I think that was in hindsight, it was that was a good a good moment. on either I reckon. Um, kind of maybe knuckle down the next pre season and the pre season after. And just kind of just don't want to feel that feeling again. So yeah. I think um, I think in hindsight it was a good thing that happened.
2: Yeah, well, it sounds like it led you to the uh, Colin. Gully uh, dual pub slash gym where you spend most of your times those pre-season. It's, mate, it's, it's worked, mate. If there's the pub and gym at Colling Gully, the combination works for you. Just keep keep going at it. So I guess I was going to ask, obviously 2019 was a super year for you, super consistent. Do you just put that down to your pre-season? Or do you feel like also because I think you were playing a bit further up the field and the midfield a bit more. Do you think it was just a combination of those things?
0: Yeah, I think it was. Um, obviously having a good pre-season, being a bit more fitter and, I think this is my first year where I had a full season as well, and I like playing up around the midfield as well. So, kind of all that combined together, um, yeah, probably helped a lot. But um, yeah, the most disappointing thing was we couldn't seem to win any games this year, but especially in the hubs. So, um, yeah, hopefully um, things ch- change around next year for us.
1: Yeah, mate, just on that, uh, talking about your positions, we've got another Facebook question. This one's from John. Uh, he asks, where's your favourite position to play? You seem to have been swung all up and down the wings.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. I like to play on the wing wing, and then I don't mind playing a bit on in the midfield. I haven't really had much of a go in there yet, but um, I wouldn't mind having a go.
1: Yeah, Leon, if you're listening, uh, Harry wants to play in the midfield, mate, so get him in there. <laughs> There'd be no mate, I'll
2: tell you what. Leon should be listening, mate. He cost you a Coleman medal. The least he can do is give you a bit more midfield time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It'd be, it'd be nice to tell him where you want to play, <laughs> but um, it's pretty it's pretty packed in that midfield. So I don't, I don't mind just go floating on the wing, going back, forward, just just kind of doing whatever. Where'd you play growing up? Oh, it's pretty similar. I kind of played a lot of midfield, but then for, uh, I played a lot on the wing for Colin Gully and those senior senior sides. Um, played a lot. Of bit of back flank and yeah kind of just back here on the wing you kind of just do whatever there's no real structure there, it? so kind of just forward back midfield just wherever the ball was going and mate and just quickly i'm loving the stash that you're growing yeah. it's actually you can,
2: it's actually noticeable Like, mine are you doing november or just a little oh mate
0: when i come <laughs> to the farm i just i just Bloody, I don't shave for
1: about a month, <laughs> two months. Uh, you've got a good farmer's look on there. Love, lovely stash, like Walkie said. It got got the singlet. but Is it a hot day uh,
0: yeah. out
1: in Collingale today?
0: Yeah, it is actually. Well, it, it was real. It was, it was about 30-odd, but no, I just went for a run and oh, I was bloody, <laughs> I was struggling, I tell you. Yeah, we're
1: recording this at quarter to 10 uh, on the 10th of November, and I reckon it's still like 30 degrees outside here in Mumwood. It's bloody stinking hot. Yeah, it's, it's
0: like, a stink, I think. It's stinking hot. Yeah, now I think it's supposed to be getting like real hot back here. Maybe mid thirties, and even maybe I think it might be getting forty next week or something. Yeah, Did
1: Collingdale get hit by the drought much? Or
0: yeah, yeah, we got we got hit hard. We the last three years back here on the farm have been probably the worst they've ever seen. Dad reckons so. It's good to come back home and see the year. This has probably been our best year that Dad's probably nearly ever seen. So. um it's pretty, um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's good to get back and just see everyone just looking real good and everyone's vibe around the town and all the farmers and that are up and about. So, it's, yeah, it's unreal to see.
2: Mate, it's good to hear that somebody's having a good 2020 because right. I'm sure the rest of us aren't, mate. So, that that's awesome to hear. Now, I guess we'll jump back to the uh, the 2019 final series where you guys had a pretty awesome run. Do yep. so you just want to talk a little bit about that, like what the catalyst was to win three finals and to eventually make the grand final?
0: Yeah, yeah we go. Well, I think we just timed it well. We had um, we had the week off before the finals, got a few blokes back for that first final, and I think we just got some good momentum up. We had a good win against the Dogs, and then we had a close win against the Brizzy Lions up there, and then obviously full of confidence going into the Collingwood game. We had a few good players out, but didn't seem to worry us. And then um, obviously then three weeks of good, and then we just yeah, kind of lost the pot on grand final day. But um, anyway, but. Yeah, I think I don't know. We had a few blokes banged up, but there's no excuses. But um, Richmond were pretty hot that day as well. So um, it was obviously an unreal, unreal month, of that you I kind of experienced it, The Grand Final week was unbelievable. So even though we got fogged in the last day, it was the, the lead up to it was unbelievable, and you just kind of makes you so jealous watching Richmond. Watching Richmond win it and just seeing how how enjoyable it would be to to win a grand final.
1: Yeah, I think Lockie wants to dig a bit deeper on that prelim final and uh, the other co-host, Jackson, he hasn't been on for a while, he's a big Pies fan. So, Jackson, just skip past this bit if you don't want to hear about it again. But, Lockie, you go for it.
2: Yeah, I was just going to ask, like, I was actually at that Giants-Collingwood game, so I've got a bit of a story. I'm actually a Cats fan, but me and my mates, because my mate goes for Essendon and they're no good, so we sort of start like a pseudo-Giants fan club just because we know nobody else that goes yeah, for them. Yeah. And it's a bit, a bit of a last. So I reckon we've been like, like we went, been like the last three Melbourne finals um so yeah so we went to that game you know we went to all the melbourne supporter club yep. group like giant supporter club group stuff mate just went went full into it brought the scarves and stuff and mate it was actually crazy like i felt personally unsafe there being like one of a thousand giant supporters and 95,000 kind how was that for you having 95,000 screaming pies fans <laughs> like yeah. yeah it was pretty mad because I, when i was younger
0: that would have been me one of those <laughs> um, screaming pies fans but um did your brothers go for you or Collingwood? Oh, I think they go for Giants that day. <laughs> 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 the only time, but um, yeah, it was pretty mad that day. Um, I remember it being pretty wet that one, but um, yeah, obviously when the when the paws were coming in that last quarter, it was getting pretty scary. But um, yeah, the boys we hung on pretty well, and yeah, it was, it, was, it was probably one of our best victories from the club.
1: You played on steel side bottom most of that game, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I was, I was on his wing for most of the day. I, I played mainly on him. And, um, yeah, I've kind of grown up watching him my whole life and I've loved loved him in Penderby. So it was, pretty, it was pretty cool running out, uh, running against him and playing against him in prelim. You got any
1: tricks for anyone that wants to try to shut him down in the future? Any little <laughs> sneaky Harry Perryman tips?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if I've got any tips, to be honest. I don't know. Just, just run hard forward, kick goals.
2: Keep it simple. I like it, mate. Now Keep jumping into... Uh, grand final week what was that like like that experience they say it's one of the best weeks of your life and I know you didn't have the end result that you probably would have wanted but I'm sure it would have still been a pretty surreal week for you
0: yeah it definitely is it's an unbelievable week um your phone just goes off flat out the whole week and um I remember just like each night you go to sleep you just be think you kind of just pinch yourself you're playing in a grand final and at the MCG with a hundred thousand so yeah, and the grand final parade is unbelievable. Um, it'd just be just un- like the feeling to win a grand final just be, would just be the ultimate thing. So, yeah, it just makes you so jealous. You just want to just get back there and experience it all again.
1: Yeah, but well, how was Leon Cameron preparing you for it? Was he the type of coach that was saying just another week or was he really getting you into their grand final, biggest week of your life kind of experience?
0: Uh, he, was, he was very good that week. Actually. He, he kind of just said uh, just embrace it and just enjoy the moment. So he was pretty. He was pretty calm like that, um, which was good. So yeah, it definitely was a um, bit of a different week though, and um, a lot of hype and a lot of text messages and everything was a bit different. You can't really people say it's a, uh, just another game, but at the end of it, it's not. It's not another game. It's a, it's a grand final, so. Nah, it'd just be great to just try and get back there again one day, hopefully.
2: Mate, I'm backing you boys to definitely get back in there. I think you've still got a r- really strong side, and I'd love to see the orange tsunami back out there. But I was going to ask, because there's a, a little bit of a pre-game tradition, if I'm not wrong, that you guys like presented your grand final jumpers to each other. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and who presented you your jumper and who you presented their jumper?
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. I think
1: I did Heath. I think I did. I think I did Heath Shaw actually. Heath Shaw gave you your jumper on your debut, didn't he?
0: Yeah, he did yeah. too. Yeah, he did too. So yeah, um, yeah, we did that before the grand final, which is pretty good. You kind of just stand up there and try and talk serious about Heath Shaw for a minute or two, <laughs> which is pretty hard. So <laughs> nah, it's obviously good. He's is, is a good mate of mine, and he's he's going to be sorely missed around the club.
1: Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. But um. So what, how did you guys, uh, or you personally, I guess, how did you cope with the kind of just massive disappointment that you must have felt after that game in the off-season? You've got like six months just, I guess, thinking about that game. How did you cope with it?
0: Big tab of the Kongoey pub. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of drinking, I'll tell you that much. But um, I reckon, yeah, it, it, I don't know. I got over it pretty quick. I remember the first... First week, we'll kind of drink it most of the week. Um, and then I think it kind of sunk in when I when I drove back home in the second, third week after the grand final had happened. And just kind of when people kept asking you what kind of happened that day, I was kind of sunk in a bit out. The worst thing was we just got embarrassed and we just kind of got flogged, which it still annoys me now, like a little bit, just seeing, especially seeing Richmond winning again this year. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things, you, you can't, no point um, dwelling on it. I had no regrets that day, so it just, it just wasn't to be.
1: Yeah, don't want to focus on it too much, but just one more. Lots of people say, rightly or wrongly, you played your grand final against Collingwood the week before. Do you hold anything in that?
0: Oh, yeah, a lot. we did have a lot of banged-up boys in the grand final. At the time, we didn't really know a lot about it. I know there was a lot of boys that were injured, and I think to win a grand final, you've got to have everyone on, and you can't have anyone not... Not injured in your side, so yeah, I think we probably did play a granny against Collingwood. But at the end of the day, it's yeah, it's not no excuse.
2: Yeah, and I've got a little bit of mail here. I don't know if it's true, but is it true yeah. that for the first four rounds of the season you went around calling yourself John Coleman as you're leading the John Coleman Medal? Is that true? And what was it <laughs> oh. like being the leading goal scorer?
0: Well, as <laughs> I never actually said that, but I was out going around asking all the boys how many goals he's kicked. <laughs> I, I thought I was a chance to win the leading kick for the club, but um, obviously that went downhill pretty quick. Um, so it was pretty weird actually leading it for there for a while. I don't know how it happened because don't know idea. Probably won't happen again in your life. So. <laughs> I made the most of it while I could.
1: Yeah, mate, uh, another listener question actually we've got uh, from Scott Patton on Facebook again. He asks, uh, why we moved after leading the Coleman? What what was Leon up to there?
0: I don't know. You'd have to ask him all. (laughs) He just told me I was playing backflanked for one game and then, um, then Colin didn't really... After that, I didn't really get to kick many goals after that at all. Mate, Rob,
2: you still managed a great goal against uh, Carlton. That's still the game. But uh, we'll, we'll jump a bit. So, hey, what was hub life like for you? Because I know that there was sort of like mixed reactions. Like some people said that they really, I guess, enjoyed it being around their mates. So, whereas a lot, a lot of people didn't enjoy it because it was all footy, footy, footy. How did you find it? And I guess, did you find it hard to get away from the game?
0: Um, well, I, I quite liked it, to be honest. Um Didn't have to worry about cooking, didn't have to clean. um, Had everything there for us. So I actually loved it. We used to play a bit of golf, um, do a bit of fishing and that. And then um, the thing that that kind of annoyed me a bit, we were kind of losing a lot. So that that was probably the way. If you're winning, I reckon it'd make it a lot more enjoyable. when you start losing a few games, it kind of becomes a bit of a drag. And that was probably the main thing. But other than that, I loved it.
2: Yeah, why well, do you think you boys, I guess, struggled a little bit more this year? Do you think it was the hub, or do you just just one of those years where I guess things just didn't quite gel?
0: Yeah, I think it's just one of those years. I, I we definitely didn't adjust to the to the hubs very well at all, um, which was which is a bit annoying. But um, yeah, I just don't think we gel. It was funny because our first round against Geelong, we we looked like we we're going to have a really strong year, and then we come back after the COVID break and we'll just. Totally, totally different team. How many goals
2: did you kick in that round one game? Yeah, kicked a couple.
0: Kicked four, four I think. Four. <laughs> yeah, That's maybe four. don't know where. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, after that COVID break, we tend to just be a totally different team, which is the most frustrating thing.
1: Yeah, right. So, I've got to ask, I don't know how good you are with the old uh, kind of persuasive speeches kind of thing, but if you were telling someone why the Giants are going to win the flag next year, can you... Give me a bit of a speech as to why you guys are going to step up your game and uh, really push the premiership next year.
2: Can I go first? Perryman playing forward, winning the Coleman.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. Um, I don't know. I think, um, I don't know, we've obviously lost a fair few players, but I think when you lose a couple of them good players like that, I, I reckon a lot of younger boys will step up. And Any names no in particular? Or uh, well, big Tommy Green, is, uh, Tommy Green, Lockie Ash. Um, I was going to say Joe Corbell there, but he's gone. <laughs> um, um, and then I'm sure a lot of blokes will step up. Um, I think big Jesse Hogan, I reckon he's going to be a handy inclusion for us. Um, he's had a few... Troubles, but I think I think he can, he could be quite a player. I reckon.
2: Yeah, on Tom Green is it actually true that he ate a meat pie in the halftime of a Nifl game?
0: Uh, <laughs> oh, I've heard this rumour before, but I'm just I'm going to go with it. I reckon he would have. Look at the size of him.
1: That kind of guy, eh?
0: Yeah, I tell you what, he loves a um, he loves a drumstick after dinner. <laughs> he buys a big twenty um, four pack value pack of drumsticks. And he just chucks one down every
2: night. There you go, Arthur, mate. You, that could be your first journalistic um, article. Tom Green yeah. loves drumsticks. One the yeah, night. Right. Secret to playing AFL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: he, loves, he loves a drummy. <laughs> what What about
2: you? Are you a Maxibon man, Harry? Yeah,
0: I'm Maxibon. Good man. Yeah, yeah buddy, Can't beat him. Right. I
1: don't want to talk about the hub too much, but what was the food like in the hub? Was it?
0: Uh, <laughs> Hard-hitting like, questions here.
1: Yeah, yeah. These, these are the oh, questions like people it. listen for. Tell us about the cuisine the delicacies you got served up in the hub
0: yeah well we kind of went everywhere like we started in brisbane food was pretty average there. like i love me food i never complained about food ever but i was i was even saying the food was average there then we went to perth for three weeks food was unbelievable unbelievable and then um then we went back to gold coast for the next five weeks i think and then yeah like i said i don't complain much but that food was pretty average there.
1: Yeah. No, if, if the caterer is in Brisbane or Gold Coast are listening, any tips to step up their game? Mate, my oh. auntie's
2: actually the uh, she's actually the catering manager at the hotel that he went to at. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to
0: say, I'll nearly do a better job. <laughs> oh, gee, nah, not, but, what
1: was wrong with it? Not enough seasoning, too much seasoning? What, what was the issue? Nah, I'll probably be a bit rough here. It
0: wasn't, wasn't too bad in Gold Coast, but um, I don't know. I think everyone was just sick of um, probably just having buffet feeds every night. Everyone was probably wanting a bit of a home-cooked meal or something every now and then. But I know a lot of the boys were Uber Eats and a So, yeah, you can kind of get whatever you want there after all.
1: Who, who cooks down at the farm?
0: Uh, usually mum does. But, um, well, I, I, was on, I was in charge tonight. So, I, I had a run in town and just bought a few pizzas, <laughs> though.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so I the uh,
0: about
2: the 100%. Now, uh, Yeah, obviously we had a pretty awesome year personally. You know, you finished third in the BNF. Were you expecting to, I guess, finish that high? And what did that mean to you And that you're only two votes off the two boys that won it? Pretty phenomenal effort.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was a bit of a – I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. Um, Kind of – I was obviously at the BNF now. We were having a few beers and I kind of got a bit close towards the end there and I thought, shit, I could be a chance to win it here. But i um, lucky. I just um, I finished two votes off. Otherwise, uh, if me speech, I've had to do a speech. It would have been pretty. Um, would have been a pretty average, I reckon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you win any, any BNFs in your junior
0: days? Uh, no. I think I came runner up. At, in the seniors, one year, I think it might have been in, when I was uh, sixteen or seventeen. I might have come runner up. But I never. Oh, I might have won a few in under the lower grades. I'm not, not too sure.
2: Okay. And now we're jumping away from footy. So I just want to know what some of your interests are outside footy now. You've touched on farming, you've touched on um, fishing. Is there anything else? I think you're an avid golf player. What else do you do to keep yourself busy?
0: Yeah, I love, I love me golf. Um, I don't mind building. I don't mind getting on the tools actually. So I kind of... um,
2: Yeah. Do you have your carpentry, you're doing a carpentry apprenticeship? Yeah, I'm doing a carpentry
0: apprentice. I haven't... I haven't done it in bloody ages. To be able to, I, need to get, I need to get back on to it. Uh, I was going to study heaps in the hub, but I didn't do any of it. Uh, um.
2: <laughs> I can relate to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, I don't know how you – do you boys study? He's wood.
1: Yeah, I'm studying law commerce.
0: Yeah, I don't know how yeah, you Oh, do yeah,
1: oh, I'm in year 12 at the moment. Year 12. So got another uh, – next year, yeah.
0: don't know how he's do it. I couldn't do it. I could hardly do it. I like just getting on the tools and, buddy, getting outside.
1: So, what do you love about? I
2: guess going back to the farm. Like, what aspect do you just really enjoy? Because you get back there every year and every chance you can get. So, for obviously some people, we have some city slickers, as we like to call them, that probably wouldn't understand like what the farm is like and what you love about it because they've never really experienced it.
0: Yeah, well, like I've got all me. I've grown up here my whole life, and just the big, wide, open spaces, and it's pretty. It's a pretty cruisy, um, cruisy lifestyle back here. You don't have to worry about traffic, or you kind of, um. Kind of your own boss most of the time so you can kind of run off your own time which is which is the mo- which is what I love the most, and a lot of my mates back here are farmers as well, and they've kind of just stayed here, so it's always good to get back and just come see them and yeah I love it coming home just helping dad out and helping him out in the farm because we've had a couple of rough years, so it's always good to just come back and come back and help him out,
1: yeah mate, I, I was kind of this. Uh, Podcast. This episode has gone through a range of topics. I was going with stuff like you know, issues with some of the food in the hub. But I'm going to get into something a bit deep now, if you don't mind. Like I know uh, you've lived your whole life on the farm. Like like you've said, really, or obviously a few years in Sydney. But is there like a particular life philosophy or like a quote you live by, or anything like that?
0: Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not really much of a deep thinker. I don't know. I, I don't really go off any quotes, but um, oh. I don't mind Dylan Buck. You know Dylan Buckley. The, oh
2: yeah, podcast. yeah, yeah, mate. Yeah. I,
0: don't mind his, I don't mind his little um, saying he's got.
2: What one's I that? Think
0: it's, I think it's "be, be yourself," everyone, because everyone else is taken. He loves saying that. So. Mate, he took that from Oscar Wilde, yeah. but I love it. I'm just going. <laughs> that's about the only quote I know, so I'm just going to say that. <laughs>
1: I've got, I've got to say, Lockie was in contact uh, with Dill. Uh, he's a bit of a friend of the show. Dill was in contact with Dill uh, before this episode, tried to get a bit of dirt on you, I think. But he was all he was all praise for you. Mate, he said you were the nicest bloke, best skills in the league.
0: Oh, he's too, he's too nice, Dill. Oh, well, I only had him for a year at the Giants, so you know, I'm probably pretty lucky there.
1: Bit, bit of a prankstein that year, messing around a bit.
0: Yeah, no, he was, good, he was bloody good value having Dill at the club. We only had him for a year, but... It, Kind of felt like you know known him for ages.
2: Everyone loved him. I reckon Dill will be filthy because I reckon he had two years at the Giants, so you've undersold him there.
0: He had two, did he? He did have two. Oh,
1: I think it was 2018, 2019. Sorry, Time flies so when you're having fun. So well, there you
0: go. Sorry, Dill, if he's,
2: if he ever listens. Oh, man, I don't, don't know if he will, mate, but uh, he probably will because you're obviously a great guy. But just jumping on, so obviously at the Giants, I'm sure you have a couple of to- teammates that you know they wouldn't know what a screwdriver is they don't know how to change a light bulb have you ever had to be called out to buddy do some of their d- their dirty work around the house because they don't know what they're doing
0: oh i don't know there definitely is a lot of them um, timmy tarano <laughs> he'd be no good but uh um, yeah well so well, he lives with Himmelberg, so and he, himmelberg's pretty handy he's pretty handy on the tools and kind of stuff like that so i'm just trying to think um well, Zachy Williams? He would. Have, he was a shocker. He would have had nobody. <laughs> um Big Josephine Lason. He would have been no good. But um, other than that, everyone's not too bad. Well, Zach, Zach Sproul, he's, he's, a, he's one of the younger boys. He's he's hopeless at everything. So he's he's definitely one name that jumps to mind. But other than that, I think the boys are not too bad.
1: Yeah, uh, mate. Just before we go into our famous little last segment, uh, I hear from some bit inside sources that uh, your girlfriend's actually plays for the Australian netball team, doesn't she?
0: And the yeah, Giants. That, that is true, actually. Yeah, we, we've caught, we've seen each other at the start of the year, and we kind of we kind of kept it under wraps, pretty quiet. But then um, once everyone found out, it kind of all kind of all spread around. She's actually out here on the farm at the moment. Actually, I'll bring it bring her out the farm for a few weeks. So, um, how's
2: she going on the farm?
0: Oh, I think she's going all right. She hasn't, I don't know, she hasn't complained just yet, but she gets pretty bad <laughs> hay fever, so she's been struggling with that.
1: Oh, is she, is she a city girl from Cindy?
0: Yeah, she's, no, she's actually been all over the place. She um, she lived in New Zealand for a bit because her, her dad used to play a bit of rugby league. Um, so she's been there, and then their family house is in the Sunshine Coast, but her family's from um, uh, Roma, which is out, out back Queensland, so... She's
3: got a bit of bargain in her. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
2: cut that out for you so you don't get in trouble. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. you right. Yeah, mate. So, well, we uh, this, this is this is a bit that everyone looks forward to, of course. So, uh, we have a famous last segment on this show. Uh, it's called the Where Do We Begin quiz, and we'll get into it now. <laughs> I bet uh, Lockie's absolutely pumped for this. So, Lockie, I'm going to be pitting you up against Harry. Uh, I've got five questions, and they're all very, very vaguely related to Harry's career. So, it's the best of five. Lockie against Harry, are we-, we ready to go?
2: Yeah, I'm yeah. ready. Let's
1: go. Okay. Uh, Harry, you're on a bit of a delay, mate. So, uh, I'll, I'll take that into account when I, take, uh, yeah. when I work out who's buzzed in first. And your name's your buzzer. Uh, so, just say Lockie or Harry when you want to buzz in. So, uh, the question one is, oh, Harry, just firstly, what's your birthday?
0: one to the 12th, 1998.
1: No, okay, so December 19th. So this question one is the closest to the pin question. One of the most joyous days in all of the Caribbean is every December 19th. On this day, National Heroes and Heroines Day, the small but proud island nation of Anguilla celebrates the men and women whose historic, uh, or, sorry, not historic, heroic acts make Anguilla a better place to live. Closest to the pin. What's the population of, po- population of Anguilla? <laughs> I
2: haven't even heard 300. of the place.
1: 300? Harry? Uh, she, Harry's guess 300? Lock in your own
2: 300 account. people.
0: Yeah, it's a shit guess. <laughs>
2: um, <laughs> I'll 200. go, mate, I'll go like... Oh, mate, I reckon it'd be couple hundred thousand,
1: 200,000. Oh, uh... Harry's actually the closest. Uh, it's 15,052. Oh, mate, you killed it. Yep.
0: Yep. <laughs> Smashed I'll, it, take it. I'll take that. I'll take that. It's
1: like a tiny little British territory uh, in the Caribbean, apparently. Uh, yeah, big shout out to anyone listening. In Anguilla, love your work. Uh, anyway, question two. So. Obviously, you're a Riverina boy. Someone else who spent a bit of time in the Riverina region in her life is Margaret Court, great tennis player, obviously. Some uh, dodgy political views now, but we won't talk about them at the moment. Anyway, question two is Margaret Court has won the most Grand Slam singles titles of any woman in tennis history with 24. In which decade did she win most of these titles?
0: 1980.
1: In the 80s? 80s, that is Incorrect. Lockie, mm. do you wanna have a crack? Oh. 70s? 70s is she won eight in the 70s, but she won 16 in the 60s, so 70s is incorrect. Mm. Ooh. So, Margaret Court, bloody brilliant career She won uh, yeah, 16 in the 60s and 8 in the 70s 11 Australian Opens, 5 French Opens, 3 Wimbledon and 5 US Opens And she retired like halfway through her career for a while as well So, pretty amazing record there from Margaret yeah. Court But, anyway, question 3 Harry is still 1-0 up, I believe So, Harry, oh, yeah. number 36 for the Giants, is that correct?
0: Yeah, it's correct
1: uh, so, uh, question three is: What measurement is made up of thirty six inches? Oh. Oh.
2: Hey, you need to make these a bit easier. <laughs> oh, I'll give you a clue:
1: We don't use it in the metric system in Australia, but it's inches. I think yard. It's made up of thirty six inches. A yard. A yard's correct. Nailed it. Lockie's leveled the scores. It's one all. Heat's on yeah, here, Harry. Got I'm really job, happy mate. that
2: we don't do like video because I just, with my small arms, just did a big flex and there's nothing there to flex. <laughs> uh,
1: we'll move on to question four. So, Harry, obviously, uh, my initials are HP, Harper Pest, Did you? You've got a lovely set of initials. HP, Harry Pembroke. Yeah, good.
0: Yeah, good.
1: Love those letters. Great combo, mate. Uh, and, of course, another HP is the great man, Harry Potter. So uh, I'm going to ask uh, who out of you two can name the most Harry Potter books? So just buzz in and say as many as you can. Rocky, Rocky, go for it.
2: Philosopher's Stone uh, or Sorcerer's Stone, if we're hearing from our friends in America, uh, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, God of Fire, Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, um... And then Deathly Hallows, and then I guess you also got Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. You've got the Cares Child um, book. and uh, yeah,
1: Through the Ages as well, if you want to say that, but, mate, that's more than enough. I'll give you the point.
0: Uh, he's oh. a Harry Potter fan. Yeah,
2: Mate, I am. I am a massive Harry Potter fan.
1: Are you a big fan of that, Harry?
0: Yeah. Oh, I used to watch him when I was younger, but I, I wouldn't be able to reel off the names of him. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: yeah, is done well there, but... We move on to question five. Locky's 2-1 up, but I've got I'm to in say, strife, Harry, yeah, I'm in Harry, you're still a fairly good chance of winning because question five is a who am I question. So I'm going to go down from five points all the way down to one point with a series of clues. Uh, and uh, once you buzz in and get it wrong, you can't buzz in until the other person gets it wrong. Is that all clear with you guys? Yeah. Yep. Too easy. Okay, so... Uh, for five points, remember this is all very, very vaguely related to your career, so that might help in guessing an answer. For five points, I was born on the 25th of October, 1984, in Santa Barbara, California. Next. I'll move it on. It might be a bit tricky. So, for four <laughs> points. After singing in church during my childhood, I pursued a career in gospel music as a teenager, but have changed my style since then. Shall I continue? Yep. All right. I'll move on to the three-point clue. Harry, the heat's starting to uh, warm up here, so got to get in soon, mate, for three points. I've released six studio albums, one under my birth name and five under my stage name, the last four of which have all reached the top two in Australia's album charts.
2: Hey, pressure creates diamonds, and I'm not turning into a diamond. (laughs) I've got no idea.
0: (laughs) Um, I think I'm, we're going to have no idea, Eri. Eh? Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> the two-point clue.
1: So for two points, one of my songs holds the record for most 1st day streams for a song by a female artist, and I was f- also the first artist to have multiple videos, reach one billion views on Vivo, and also my Super Bowl halftime show is the most watched in history. Madonna. Okay. Harry Perriman, is the answer Madonna? Yes. That would be incorrect, my friend. Lockie, do you want to have a crack?
2: Mm, uh, I'll go Beyonce.
1: Lockie Gibbs. Beyonce is also incorrect. Mm. So, Harry, you could have another guess now if you want to win it outright, or I can go to the one-point clue, and it will be a draw, and I can get a tiebreaker question. Which one do you want to go for?
0: Um, go for another question. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, I'm going to read – I think one of you will probably get it here. So uh, – I'm going to read out the lyrics uh, to one of her most famous songs, and you can just buzz in whenever you want. And uh, you've both got one wrong, so you can both buzz in. So this is the lyrics to a song courtesy of azlyrics.com. I used to bite my tongue and hold my breath. Scared to rock the boat and make a mess. So I sit quietly, agree politely. I guess that I forgot I had a choice. I let you push me past the breaking point. I stood for nothing, so I fell for everything. You held me down, but I got up. Hey, already brushing off the dust. You hear my voice, you hear that sound. Lockie. Lockie. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Harry, Harry. Harry. Katy Perry. Katy Perry's absolutely correct. Oh, that is a quizzing <laughs> meltdown from Lockie there. Jeez He's just oh, giving Harry the yeah, shot of a lifetime that up. at it.
2: Jeez. So I have the top. Yeah, I have the tiger Oh, mate. Yeah. I don't know why I thought Taylor Swift.
1: The score is 2 all. And we haven't had this in all 24 episodes of the show. We're going to have to go to a tiebreaker question. Uh, so uh, I've got to find something first. We'll edit, edit this bit out. I should have prepared this. Uh <laughs> Uh, okay, here we go, here we go. Uh, it's a closest to the pin question, this one. So, closest to the pin, this is for the win. What is the population of Australia?
0: 22 million.
1: Uh, Harry can go in first because he said his name. 22
0: million. <laughs> uh, I'll go
2: Lachlan and I'll go $22 million and one person because it's just above $22 million.
1: Oh, he's got a cheap shop there and it's worked off very nicely. for <laughs> he won. 25608971 <laughs> oh, no. oh.
2: Take no prisoners, no friends in the quiz <laughs> game, too Harry. Too good.
0: Too, Lucky, too you
1: good. You should have won that much, much earlier, mate. You really choked on the last question there. but <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs>
0: Harry, you did he well. He you-
1: you did well to uh, take it to a tiebreaker, mate. Well done.
0: Yeah, no, I know. Thought, I thought I had it
1: there. Yeah, oh. I, I can't imagine you're too into your Katy Perry. But to get that one over Lockie, who's a big fan of Katy Perry, I know. Very well done. Very well done.
0: I think. Thanks, mate.
2: So, yeah, thanks so much for your time, Harry, mate. Ripper episode. I loved it.
0: Too easy, boys. That was a good, good good chat.
1: Yeah, we'll leave it there, mate. Thanks very much. See ya.
0: See ya, boys. Good on you. <laughs> Wow, how
1: good was that? Harry Perriman, what a guy. I've got to say, we're recording this straight after that quiz, and that was one of the all-time, not just all-time great where to begin quizzes, all-time great competitions in the history of sport because that was more entertaining for me than the Collingwood GWS prelim find, more riveting, just great guy Harry Perriman to talk to and compete with, hey?
2: Yeah, mate, hundred percent, mate. He's a great competitor, and we ask you guys ask for the big questions here. and We ask him the food and the hub. We have the answers. So I'm sure you enjoyed that. Um, I reckon now though, it's time to plug the socials so you can find us on Facebook at Where Do We Begin.
1: Yeah, and you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at WDWBpod, and you should already be following us, really, if we're going to be true about it. Uh, it's at WDWBpod on Instagram and Twitter. Some great content there. And, of course, go recommend us to your mates, which, which would be hugely, hugely appreciated, and we'll love you all for it if you give us a big five-star review and give us a big shout-out to all your mates. That be uh, very, We'd be very grateful for that.
2: And a couple of thank yous, Dan. Thank you so much, Harry, for jumping. I really appreciate it. And, of course, thank you so much for our listeners. And thank you for everybody that put forward a question. We really appreciated them, and it's something that we want to do more moving forward.
1: Yeah, keep an eye on the socials to get uh, your chance to ask some more questions. And I'll uh, say as well, thank you to our listeners. You're the lifeblood of the show. You're the reason why we do this. We love making podcasts for you. And we'll see you next Monday with another great guest.